Welcome to Shift, a podcast series with Corey and Jared, designed to change how we own our individual journeys and our collective growth. Let's explore the dynamism of the human condition together. Yeah, thank you, Corey. Um, I think I think I and you and we have maybe a slightly different or atypical definition of courage. I think historically people think of courage as kind of toughness or bravado or, or physical strength, uh, daring. And I'm not saying that all those things aren't also true, but I think uh, when I think of courage, in, especially as you as you rightly pointed out, in kind of this uh, context of shifting and becoming uh, um, a more authentic version of yourself, I think of courage as standing up for what you believe in. I think of courage as being a change agent, of having a unique point of view and a, and a perspective, um, of being authentic, of not being, of being, you know, courageous enough to be your authentic self despite all of the obstacles from within, from without, from society, from in your head, um, being a status quo, breaker, right? Seeing uh, what's out there and seeing what's not so great for yourself, for others, and having the courage to say and do something about it, to challenge people. Um, you know, I, I see all, all of that kind of being components of courage. And, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what you think um, of when you think of courage as well. And then I would also add, what does that courage get us. So when we are courageous, individually and collectively, how, in what kind of tangible, concrete ways do things shift? Mm. Yeah, I keyed in on bravado when you were yeah. first talking because courage does come off very much from certainly American lore, this idea of stepping into a room without fear or being big and bold and loud and that and people respond to you by saying, ah, oh, yes, you're here. But I agree with you in that courage, I think, is the opposite of that. It's not actually about being visible or larger than life. It's about living a personal conviction and really about, mm -hmm. well, understanding what your convictions are and then having the moral strength to persevere even when those convictions are challenged. And so oftentimes that, to me, is not necessarily one where it's going to be like a moment of like heralded or triumphant resistance. It's probably going to be something internal that's going to be the shift between you making a decision to do or not do something and then you just stepping 
forward with whatever decision you make to then do or stand up for yeah. that principle or that belief. It's almost like courage, you know, it, having the, how, how to say it without using the word in the definition, but courage is like, yeah, like doing or saying or thinking or believing what's hard, right? But doing it anyway, because mm -hmm. you know it's the right thing to do for yourself, yeah. for others, for your community, right? Yeah. And is that yeah, that's exactly you know, yeah. kind of what and, you're getting at? Um, yeah, and when you, you ask the question about what does it get us, so, you know, I love comic books, comic <laughs> yeah. book movies, I love all of that, and also I love talking about superheroes, and one of my talks about allyship actually is about what does it mean to be an ally is really about being a trusted sidekick. sidekick yeah. And so the reason why the sidekick narrative and the hero narrative resonates with me is because it really is about courage in the face of danger. We understand superheroes and sidekicks often as people who are confronting a problem and then having to equip themselves with the skills or the bravery or the courage or the tenacity to attack that problem. But what I love about what it gets you is that those are very clear examples of what it gets you. Like you can see the end of the story where, you know, yeah. this superhero and this sidekick pairing gets to save the day. And that's what they get for being courageous. Or this person develops like a bond with a friend or like somebody special. That's what they get for being courageous. I think yeah. like those, why I love those types of like imagery images and imagery and reading those stories is because it's very clear what courage gets you and so I would yeah. say on a personal level I think we can look to examples of showing up yeah. as heroes not in the sense that we need to go out and be brave or fight crime but in the sense of we have to believe that if these stories teach us anything that what courage gets us ultimately is that kind of cathartic that ending that we so desire whatever that personal thing is that we really wanted to achieve being courageous is the thing that actually gets us that that thing yeah i i love where you're going with this and i know i know we're both really into allyship um in fact i think that's where maybe not where we first met but where we were on uh, we both gave a little mm -hmm. talk on allyship last yeah. summer down at uh, chan zuckerberg uh um with uh, with mom Moyer. Mm -hmm. um and so I, I love this idea. It's, I'm really interested, and I have been for a long time, in this kind of, the idea of power. Power over, power with, right? Especially, you know, each of us has a, um, a relationship to power. And we get to choose, you know, am I going to laud my power over you or over other people and kind of be controlling and, and condescending? Or am I going to be, you know, share my power with other people? And... To do that, you have to be willing to give up some of your power, of your social capital, of your positional authority, right? You have to have enough wherewithal and confidence and vulnerability to say, you know what, I'm going to risk something here because mm -hmm. I know it's better for another person or another group of people or the community. It's not all about me. So it's almost like you could, you know, we could say courage is giving up something, giving up some of your power for the benefit of, of others or for the benefit of the community. Does that kind of definition or way of thinking of it resonate with you? Yeah, with great power comes great responsibility, yeah. to quote phenomenal um, 
line from Spider-Man. But I, <laughs> again, I think that that there's a billboard with yeah, that. Yeah, there's somewhere. Yeah. yeah, it's just a way to live life. You know, <laughs> yep. I there's an aspect of what you talked about in there where the great power comes with great responsibility is the personal risk taking. Is that if you have all of this power, like what risks? Like it, you should really feel empowered to take a risk with the belief that it's going to net out for some, like positive good for yourself and for the environment that you're in. Um, mm -hmm. And so I love this idea of thinking about what you stand to like earn or what you stand to change on the other yeah. side by taking a risk, and that's how we understand risk taking too. Is that you you do it for the ultimate reward of like something like it's an investment in something greater than than what you went in with to start yeah i love this idea of framing it in, in risk taking because i mean i guess even the the conventional uh, idea of courage is also risk taking you know we think of battles and athletes and mm -hmm. you know politicians and stuff and again not to say that those aren't also courageous but that's that's a narrow definition if we if we restrict it to just those contexts um why, and maybe this is obvious, but I'm still going to ask it anyway. Why is it so hard for people to be courageous in the way we're defining it, with being vulnerable, with giving up some of their power, with, um, you know, really showing the world their authentic version of themselves? Why is that so hard, especially from a leadership position? Yeah, you know, I think, and not to not to boil this down to a purely transactional thing because I, I do believe we are motivated as human beings by more than just transactional like input-output scenarios. But I do feel like it gets to the heart of what you asked earlier about like what people, understanding what do you get out of it. And I think why it's hard to be courageous is that people are like, what do I stand to gain by taking this mm -hmm. risk? What do I stand to gain by putting myself out there? And sometimes that not that clear unless you're as you talked about earlier unless you're very principled and know what you believe and what you stand for and that that sometimes the outcome is just knowing that you're consistent and knowing that you're like being authentically you and if that's like enough of a motivation then it's maybe easier to be courageous even in the face of i'm not sure how this is going to work out but in instances where you're not necessarily so convicted or you're yeah. like really being challenged and there are a lot of different things being presented that show you, well, maybe it actually would be easier or better if I just don't do this thing because mm -hmm. I will net out more, it would be more beneficial yeah. for me not to say or do something. And I think we wrestle with that because when it's unclear or uncertain, we're like, I don't know if being courageous actually makes sense here. Yeah. Well, there's that, and I would add, too, like, part of being courageous is knowing, knowing what the implications from a bandwidth, from emotional labor, from, you know, time, time commitment of, you know, putting, whether it's on social media or at work or in a community of voicing an unpopular opinion or stating something um, maybe that isn't in your own personal best, you know, um, interest, but for the sake of others, um, I think that's where people kind of maybe that line is like, okay, yeah, I can be courage, I can stand up, but wait, if I actually s publicly state, for example, you know, I'm a, I'm a cisgender straight white man, so it would be easy for me to support that dominant narrative. And in many ways I do, just unconsciously, right? So... And, 
you know, it's courageous to say, you know what, I'm a straight man, but I am putting a line down in the sand on social media at work that I believe we need to do this, that, you know, people from the LGBTQ community um, need greater visibility, they need greater protection, they need greater, you know, policy and um, rights. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, why, why should I do that? Because it, it yeah. doesn't benefit me personally. I've already got all the benefits. I don't, you know... So it's like that's just one example, and right. I think not enough people do that because they think, well, those aren't my quote unquote my people. Yeah. So yeah, and that's you, what you know. You reminded me of this week. I read this article, uh, personal blog by Kyle Corver. Uh, yes. Has been going around, um, and he that was that awesome. Like yes. What you're saying is like the epitome of courage to me. Can you tell our listeners? Yes. Yeah, so Kyle Corver plays yeah. uh, basketball. For, uh, the, for the Utah Jazz, that's right, I believe yeah. he's played for a few different teams. But during that particular story he was telling, he's with the Jazz and talking about how fans would attack and say these different things about basketball players and they're on the court. And, um, you know, these basketball players, I think he mentioned Russell Westbrook at one point. He mentioned his teammate um, at another point uh, would have these things happen to them where his initial reaction would be to say like, oh, like, you know, this guy is just... And things happen, you mean like yeah, racially, yeah, racially abused yeah, yeah. from fans and, and right, stuff right. like that. And yeah. so rather than like Corver thinking like, oh, there might be a reason why this, um, you know, Westbrook spoke out or was upset, he actually just thought, well, you know, Westbrook is a angry person or he's, you know, that person, he's going to just be him. But he actually, in that moment of vulnerability, he shared the story of how he had to think about why he was having that reaction and that some of that was rooted in privilege yeah. and then beyond just that he started thinking about and so what does that mean in the context of how people see me as like a white man playing basketball um on these teams and that are like 75 that are like 75 black, yeah. black and i'm like one of the few on the team who's actually white and so he's like i want to put a line in the sand as you were saying to let people know that if you're looking at me and you're thinking like oh white straight man in the NBA, like, I'm going to ascribe all of these things now that I want to believe about your positions or your politics to you, and I'm going to wear yeah. your jersey or your name as a, like, a kind of a representation of that. He's like, I want to make it clear. I believe in equality. I believe the stories of my, you know, basketball players who are people of color. I believe that, like, yeah. these things happen in Black Lives Matter. And he said, so if you... This is my kind of courageous line in the sand. He didn't say courageous, but I feel like it was a courageous line in the sand because, yeah. to your point, Jared, I think that some of that is really just standing up for a principle and putting a line down in the sand because you yeah. believe it to be true and that you believe it's important to say, even if you don't know what the actual benefit yeah. is going to be. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I, you know, I don't follow basketball. Um, I mean, I live in Oakland, so I kind of know the Warriors a little bit, obviously. Um, and someone, I saw that link or some, someone shared it with me and I read it. And I, I'd never heard of Kyle Korver until that article. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that I, I shared it on, on LinkedIn and I said something. You know, I'd never heard of Kyle Korver until 30 minutes ago. And now he's automatically one of, you know, instantly one of my favorite all-time athletes. Like, yeah. you know, so it's like, you know, yeah. and there's a book by uh, Robin DiAngelo called White Fragility. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, you're, yeah. if you've read it. Um, but it, it talks about, you know, why is it so hard for white people to talk about race and racism? And she, it's, it's, a, it's a 
beautifully constructed, just awesome book. Everyone, whatever your, uh, whatever your background is, should read it. But one of the things she talks about uh, in this case is, and I think this Kyle Korver example is, is a good example, is this concept of white solidarity. So, you know, as, as a white man, it'd be easy for me to just automatically kind of default, um, sometimes almost unconsciously, just kind of side with white people, right? Side with, oh, well, yeah, they're NBA athletes, they're millionaires, you know, okay, so what? So a, fa a fan can go to the game and he, the fan can say whatever he wants. It's like, yeah, and it's wrong, right? So breaking that white solidarity, and this book is about race, but you can apply that to any sort of dominant narrative, you know, people with the upside of power, people on the downside, of, whether it's, you know, straight solidarity or cisgender solidarity or male male solidarity, right? Like this this concept that I we have to stick to our, our own. And when you're part of the dominant group, that is that is less courageous than doing what Kyle Corver did. Hey, I'm stepping out of this white solidarity and saying this is wrong and here's why and here's what I'm doing about it. And that's yeah. You know, unfortunately, like it shouldn't be courageous, but it is. But it is. Um, but <laughs> you know? and I think the, and I'll just say this: I, the what's courageous about it to me is exactly what you said. It's not necessarily just oh, he said something and wrote an article. Because to be clear, like there are so many deeper things that once you like understand that there's injustices or things that are happening in the world to other people, there are a lot of ways that you can show up taking that step to actually like change your environment is like a truly courageous. But I think in just putting a line in the sand, um, it was inspirational. Yeah. And so I think that's why courage is important because even just like the article wasn't necessarily the courageous act. It was the fact that he was inspiring people to put a line in the sand okay. and inspiring people to believe that even as you're saying, even as a white cis, you know, gendered uh, man, that he could have a principled position on something that would seemingly not have affected him. And I think that's why people need to think about courage as an important and necessary yeah. aspect of, of allyship and shifting if they really want to create change. Yeah, I love that you brought in the word inspirational because that's really what it's about. Like, you know, I would argue that this, what we're doing here, we're trying to inspire, right? What, you know, anyone who follows sports or, you know, uh, it, it, we're, we want to be inspired by people who are, you know, leaders or celebrities uh, who are who have a who have a public persona. We want to be, you know, we are inspired by them or we're we're influenced by them. And so, how can we shift it where there are more people who have, for better or for worse, the public visibility that are actually saying things that are courageous to to really shift, you know, all of our perceptions and perspectives around you know these social issues that that we both know are so important so i love what we've talked about so far uh, and really what's standing out for me as we talked about like kyle corver's story and like what he did were like putting a line in the sand having principles having convictions and seeing them through and making a statement about how important they are even if you know you don't necessarily know what the like outcome or what the benefit is going to be you just know that it's the right thing to do and for me whenever I think of courage I think very personally about my father 
my father was someone who I looked up to most of my life uh, without, I mean, consciously most of my life. But, you know, there were moments where I think I looked up to him without even realizing I did. And I think it's because he lived or had certain principles and certain values and it allowed him to show up in a way where it like really like came through as a part of his character. Um, and it's something that I've thought a lot about. He passed away a couple of years ago. And it's something that I think because of his passing, I think about a lot more every day and just how I want to live my life and how I want to make sure I'm showing up. And I just kind of give like one example. I just remember, um, you know, when he was, uh, you know, after he passed away, there was just a lot of people that I had never met before uh, from his job and from church who would come up to me and tell me all of these stories about what something my dad did that seemed seemingly small or just like an everyday thing really meant to them because it was consistent with this idea of being compassionate, of being caring, of thinking that everybody deserves like a certain level of like care and like to be seen as a human being and that you should always think about going the extra mile for somebody, especially when they need help. And they would tell these stories about how he would do stuff as simple as like I cover people's shifts even though he was like the manager of the entire company and but chose to take the shift because this person was going through something personal or riding down to a place 20 miles away from the church to pick this person up every day because they were not able to physically move on their own or drive on their own and so he went that extra distance and just did that or how people just maybe didn't necessarily believe in or have faith in other people until they met my dad because my dad was so consistent and always there for others. And, you know, those stories were just so powerful to me because they showed me that my dad would take these very kind of courageous positions, not because he saw the personal benefit necessarily or not because it was something that, you know, he was doing for the glory or for like these types of like accolades, but really because he just felt like it was right and it was important and that for him, the, I guess the ability to like help others and connect with other people was like the most important work he could be doing. And so now when I think about like we're doing this podcast around shifting and we talk a lot about like what can we do to kind of be better people, I often think about his journey and his story and just understanding all that he was able and willing to do because he cared. He just cared about other yeah. people and cared about like their experiences and making sure that they got a chance to be and show up the way that they wanted to show up. Um, so he's a, a, an example for me also of like not necessarily needing to be big and bold as we kind of started the conversation with like courage isn't about coming in as like a wild west gunslinger um, <laughs> at the you know okay you know corral but really about being principled and having like even that silent resolve of showing yeah. up every day the same way yeah it's a beautiful story thank you for sharing that about your dad I think, I think that's a good place to end. I'll just add um, one thing as we wrap up the sixth uh, episode and the final episode of, of season one on courage. You know, you mentioned two things that stuck out, caring and, and resolve. And I think those two things really kind of, if you care enough about people and ideas and, and things and you have the resolve, the conviction to do it, that's courage. And it also, I think, ties in everything we've talked about up to this point, right? Being empathetic, being compassionate, 
being curious about people, uh, being vulnerable, putting yourself in, in positions, and then trying to connect with people. So all of those things, uh, plus, as I said, caring, con uh, conviction, resolve, um, lead to being a courageous person, which is how you shift your own mentality and model what can be done as far as shifting mentalities for other people. So um, thank you for sharing that story, yes, and thank you all for listening to um, this episode six of Shift Podcast on Courage. You've been listening to Shift, a podcast series with Jared and Corey, and it's designed to change how we own our individual journeys and our collective growth. I uh, want to thank you for listening to this podcast on Courage. And before we close out, Jared, where can our listeners find you? Thanks, Corey. Yeah, you can find me at uh, jaredcarroll.com, J-A-R-E-D-K-A-R-O-L.com, and also at thirdstoryrevolution.com, using the power of story to transform uh, the way you do business. And, Corey, where can people find you? You can find me on my personal site, coreyponder.com, C-O-R-E-Y-P-O-N-D-E-R. You can also find me through my business site at Impact Strategies. That's E-M-P-A-C-T Strategies. And that's where you can find resources on allyship and just uh, connect with me about workshops and, and speaking opportunities. I uh, want to thank you for joining us for this season. If you have not had a chance to listen to our other sessions or episodes, I would highly encourage you to do so. Yes. And if you feel so inspired or so moved, we'd love to hear from you either through social media or email and tell us a story or give us some, you know, tidbit that you picked up that really meant something to you. We'd love to, you know, learn more about that and also share that if we can with our, our broader community. Yes, uh, I echo those, those statements. Please connect with us on LinkedIn or anywhere else and spread the word. Share this, uh, these insights that we've shared with you and these traits and hopefully you can embody them and help others do so as well. Yeah, and most important, Happy shifting. Happy shifting.